0: Where was the main papal headquarters before the Vatican, and where do popes go on vacation? Find out today on Footnoting History. Hello, this is Nicole, and welcome to Footnoting History. This morning we'll be discussing papal places in and around Rome. When most people think of where the popes live and work, they think of Vatican City, centered on St. Peter's Basilica and located inside of modern-day Rome, although technically it is its own country. When the Catholic Church was first established in Rome and throughout the Middle Ages, however, the main headquarters was at St. John's Basilica, or the Lateran, on the Caelian Hill, one of the seven hills of ancient Rome. The Roman Emperor Constantine, who legalized Christianity in the Roman Empire and converted to Christianity himself, patronized the church in a very Roman way, by giving huge endowments to religious organizations, in this case Christianity, that were seen as benefiting the empire. In Rome, Constantine built the basilicas of St. John's and the original St. Peter's Basilica, which we will discuss later. Although there had been churches in Rome in the 3rd century, they were generally house churches, spaces for worship within people's homes, which could fit a smaller Christian community. The basilicas were much larger and more splendid, modeled after Roman basilicas, which were used as public or royal halls. Along with the church itself, the Lateran had an audience hall, a papal palace, and of course a fancy courtyard much like those that noble people had in their houses. For most of the Middle Ages, St. John's was the headquarters for the pope, and the location of the papal palace. Up to the 8th century, the popes were technically subjects of the Byzantine emperors who were based in Constantinople, modern-day Istanbul, Turkey, and continued to call themselves Roman emperors, while much of Italy and the rest of what had been the Western Roman Empire was ruled by various quote-unquote barbarian groups. In the mid-8th century, the popes allied themselves with the Franks, who had carved out a kingdom in modern-day France already in the late 6th century, and who were the most powerful of the barbarian groups. The Franks provided protection for the popes, while the popes gave legitimacy to the new ruling family of the Franks, the Carolingians. In 800, Pope Leo III crowned the most famous Carolingian, Charlemagne, as Emperor of the Romans. Although the popes and the Carolingians needed each other, Charlemagne was clearly the stronger of the two. In fact, he came to Rome in 800 in order to save Pope Leo from his enemies in the city of Rome, who would attack Leo and accused him of the crimes of perjury and adultery. Leo III sought to define the relationship between the role of the popes and the role of the Carolingian emperors. As part of this attempt, he built a magnificent triclinium, or dining hall, in the Lateran Palace and decorated it with a mosaic of St. Peter, Leo, and Charlemagne, a copy of which is visible today next to St. John's, although the original has been destroyed. The mosaic shows St. Peter, Jesus Christ's head apostle and the first bishop of Rome, giving Pope Leo III the pallium a white woolen band that was the symbol of ecclesiastical office, and Charlemagne a banner, signifying his military role as protector of the church. Both Leo and Charlemagne kneel at an equal level on either side of Peter, although Leo is on Peter's right-hand side, which was a preferential spot. For most of the Middle Ages, St. John's remained the papal home base, but there is not much left in the basilica today that looks medieval. In 1309, the popes left Rome and instead based themselves in Avignon, which today is part of France, but in the 14th century was a papal enclave outside of the Kingdom of France proper. The popes resided in Avignon until 1377, and thus this period is called the period of the Avignon Papacy, or, more colorfully by people such as Martin Luther, the period of the Babylonian captivity. During this time period, St. John's Basilica and the accompanying Lateran Palace began to go downhill, particularly after suffering from the damage of two separate fires. When the popes returned from Avignon, they decided that the Lateran was too run down to serve as the papal seat, so they set up their headquarters at other important Roman churches, Santa Maria in Trastevere, and subsequently Santa Maria Maggiore, two of the earliest churches in Rome dedicated to Jesus Christ's mother, Mary, before they finally built a papal palace at St. Peter's, which we'll discuss shortly. One cool piece of medieval art that is still visible in St. John's is the fresco of Pope Boniface VIII proclaiming the year 1300 as the first Jubilee year, or Holy Year, by the famed artist Giotto in the early 14th century. Even though the papal palace at St. John's was abandoned in the 14th century, the church itself was renovated several times. In the 16th century, Pope Sixtus V had the papal palace torn down and, in front of the church itself, placed a large Egyptian obelisk originally placed in front of the Karnak Temple in Thebes, and brought to the Circus Maximus in Rome in the 4th century. Inside the church, major renovations were carried out in the 17th century by Borromini, one of the major figures in Baroque architecture in Rome. Even though St. John's is no longer the papal headquarters, it still contains the papal cathedra, or bishop's throne, and thus remains the cathedral church of Rome. So how did St. Peter's, or the Vatican, named after the Vatican Hill on which it is located, get to be so important? Although it was not the headquarters of the popes, St. Peter's was important to the Christian community of Rome from early Christian times. Thought to be the burial place for Jesus' apostle Peter, Christians set up a shrine in commemoration. At the time, the location was outside of the ancient city of Rome. During Roman times, the dead were only allowed to be buried in cemeteries outside of the city proper. After Constantine legalized Christianity in the 4th century, he patronized the first great basilica churches in the city, including St. John's and the original, or Old St. Peter's, which replaced the shrine. Despite it not being the main church of Rome, Old St. Peter's was an important pilgrimage site in the Middle Ages. Many popes chose to be buried here, near Peter's burial spot and relics, instead of in the Lateran. Since it was outside of the city of Rome itself, and of course also because of its status as a pilgrimage site, it was often where the popes met distinguished visitors, such as the Frankish king and then emperor Charlemagne, before escorting them into the city and to the Lateran. Like the Lateran and many other places in Rome, while the popes were in Avignon, St. Peter's became run down, and by the 15th century needed serious repairs. In the later 15th century, plans for major renovation to the basilica began to be drawn up and a new papal palace built. But at the beginning of the 16th century, Pope Julius II decided to raise old St. Peter's and build an entirely new church, the St. Peter's that you can visit today. Pope Julius was nicknamed the Warrior Pope, and like many of the Renaissance popes, was deeply involved in Renaissance politics and warfare amongst the warring states of Italy. In addition to being the bishop for Rome and the spiritual leader of the Catholic Church, the Pope ruled over the Papal States, one of several small states in Renaissance Italy. In addition to planning a new St. Peter's, Julius commissioned Michelangelo to paint the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel, which was part of the Vatican Palace. The palace included the pope's living spaces, but also the administrative offices of the church, and today houses the Vatican Museum and Library as well. How did Pope Julius and subsequent popes pay for this grand undertaking? Well, one of the ways was through the selling of indulgences, or payments that counted towards the remission of sins to get people to heaven, much like fines allow you to avoid jail time. Johann Tetzel, a Dominican friar who was preaching in Germany to sell indulgences for the rebuilding of St. Peter's, attracted the disapproval of Martin Luther, and was one of Luther's many problems with the Catholic Church that ultimately led to the Reformation. So now we have discussed the major places that the popes lived and worked. St. John's, the Lateran, in late antiquity and the Middle Ages, and St. Peter's, the Vatican, from the Renaissance to the present. But what about where the popes go to relax? Since the 17th century, popes have been going to Castel Gandolfo, in the Alban Hills on Lake Albano, about 15 miles from Rome. well to-do Romans have been enjoying this refreshing summer retreat for centuries, the 1st century Roman Emperor Domitian built a palace there, for example. By the end of the 15th century, the papacy owned what would become their summer palace, which Pope Urban VIII had built in the early 17th century. Almost all popes used the summer palace at Lake Albano until 1870, during the final stages of Italian unification. Remember that Italy had been comprised of several different states and only became one country in 1870. The pope at the time, who still ruled over the papal states, was opposed to Italian unification and shut himself up in the Vatican, as Italian soldiers took control of the papal states, including most of Rome itself. The popes and the Italian government had a sort of cold war until 1929, when the Kingdom of Italy, then under the fascist dictator Mussolini, signed the Lateran Treaty with the popes, which recognized the Vatican as an independent state and allowed for certain properties of the Roman Church, such as St. John's and the Pope's palace in Castel Gandolfo, to be considered an extraterritorial part of the Vatican state. During World War II, the Papal Palace sheltered Jews and local refugees seeking shelter from bombing raids. Recent popes, such as John Paul II and Benedict XVI, also made use of the summer residence. In fact, after Benedict stepped down as pope, while his successor was being chosen, he resided at Castel Gandolfo. Last year, Pope Francis announced that the public can take guided tours of the gardens for the first time, although if you do go, don't expect to see Francis. The current pope has not vacationed at the residence. This has been Footnoting History. If you like the podcast, be sure to visit our website, footnotinghistory.com, where you can find links to further reading suggestions related to this week's episode, as well as a calendar of upcoming podcasts. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at HistoryFootnote. Until next time, remember, the best stories are always in the footnotes.